Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of We Gonna Talk. Guess what I just did? Y'all, I was recording this intro and I tried to play it back and I realized that the mic wasn't on. So I recorded a whole three minutes and 10 seconds of intro (laughs) and none of it recorded. That's so me. I mean, that is so me. Anyway, welcome back to another episode, y'all. Thank you for joining me again. We made it through another week. I'm recording right now. It's Saturday, October 29th, early in the morning, and I'm proud of us. We pushed through all the hard things this week. And if your week was easy, God bless you. I might be a little bit jealous. Anyway, nonetheless, I am here. I feel good and I smell good because I caught me a shower real early this morning. I'm not going to tell you what I smell like, but I smell delicious, almost edible. (laughs) Anyway, I'm not even going to try to go back and repeat the things that I said when I thought that I was recording. But if it's your first time here, I don't know how you stumbled across my little bitty platform, but I thank you for your listen. I hope we make it to the end because we'll go together then. If it's not your first time listening and you are a return listener. Y'all know, y'all know y'all my people. Y'all are my girls. I told y'all why I I feel confident enough to say that y'all are my girls because I checked those analytics and baby, they're strongly, strongly women or people who identify as women because I, I support that too. Y'all find out new things about me every day. Hang tight. We're just going to shoot the expletive because y'all know I've got a pretty clean mouth. I'm not on here cursing. Um, That's just not what I do. I'm not saying that I don't curse in real life, but I try not to use that type of language. But we're going to shoot it today. I'm about to be super random. Let's talk. America has officially gone to hell. Did you guys hear that Paul Pelosi, the husband of Nancy Pelosi, who's the Speaker of the House, he was attacked by some assailant who broke into their home and beat him with a hammer to the point that, y'all, he had like a skull fracture that he had to get repaired. This man is 82 years old. The person who did it, he kept saying he's waiting for Nancy. He's like, when does Nancy get home? This is what we've come to in politics. Now, I know that politics are crazy. I try not to jump in. I dip my foot. I might wade a little bit in it, but I don't jump deeply into politics. Like I do my civic duty. I pay attention. um, And that's as far as it gets. For the extremists to go to this extent to express their disdain for our politicians is absolutely terrifying. Like this man, this woman, they don't bother anybody. They don't bother anyone. I hope that the person that did this really gets true consequences. And I hope that it is a lesson for anybody in the future who thinks that they're going to take out how they feel on our politicians and violence. So I said I was not going to talk about Kanye because Kanye is everywhere in the news media and I'm pretty sure all of your favorite podcasts um, who talk about pop culture 
I'm pretty sure they have hit on it. So I'm not going to spend much time on this, but okay. So if you have been under a rock, you, and you haven't heard that Kanye West had made some statements or led up to some statements or threatened some statements um, that had to do with anti-Semitism. And so basically there has been, there was an outcry um, that really was demanding to cancel Kanye. And he has been experiencing some cancellations left and right. I'm talking about in the hundreds of millions of dollars worth of cancellation, you feel me? But there's an underlying argument that I have seen. Kanye West was shut down. I mean, completely canceled when it came to anti-Semitic remarks, right? But this is the same person who has made anti-Black statements such as slavery was a choice or that Black Lives Matter was fraudulent, that George Floyd wasn't killed by the police. Like, what? He was never canceled when he made those kinds of statements. I think it may have actually, <laughs> you know, gotten him more attention, maybe even more money, which is the bottom line usually. So I guess the argument is why, why can he make anti-black statements and still, you know, thrive? But when it comes to anti-Semitic statements, he's canceled. So if we're talking about equitability in terms of humanity, anti-blackness wasn't significant enough um, for con for Kanye to experience the consequences that he's experiencing now. Um, it's deep. It's a deeply ingrained, um, like systemic thing in our country that is frustrating as a black woman. Cause if you didn't know I'm black, you, you knew it's, it's saddening. I think ultimately where the power lies is not with black people, not in the black dollar or black politics. Like it, it doesn't, the power is never resting with black people. And as a black person, that is absolutely frustrating. There's all kinds of other communities out there that people will fight for, but somehow when it comes to the black experience, the fight is lessened. It's more difficult and so oftentimes overwhelming and people don't want to sign up for that. And so we just kind of fall by the wayside and to know that ultimately that's what happened with the whole Kanye West thing. Like it wasn't until the anti-Semitic remarks that Kanye started to experience some cancel culture. And can I tell you that I'm actually afraid for Kanye? I, I understand that he suffers um, with mental health um, and has been diagnosed with some mental disorders, but I'm afraid for him because I don't know, I, I guess when he comes out of this manic state, I'm afraid for his life I don't know if he's strong enough, especially um, not going through treatment. I don't know if he's strong enough to endure cancel culture. And if you're reading between the lines of what I'm saying, that's what I'm saying. I'm afraid for his life. I'm afraid of what he could potentially do. I digress.
Did you guys see my forever president? He was speaking in Georgia because, you know, they have the um, ele the elections are coming up, midterm elections. And so my forever president, President Barack Hussein Obama, was speaking in, I think it was College Park, Georgia, so not too far from Atlanta. And he was there in support of Reverend Raphael Warnock, who is running again for his Senate seat um, up against <laughs> Herschel Walker. And y'all, I am still in disbelief that Herschel Walker is even like that the race is even as close is as close as it is. I have no idea why that is so. They are really lifting this man who is incompetent and to me, incapable of being effective in a Senate seat. But whatever, whatever. That's neither here nor there. But President Obama, when he was talking, I mean, it was like the shadiest but hilarious um, jabs, like low-key undercutting things that he was saying. I've never seen President Obama... Um, be funny like that. It was, it was so hilarious. I know I've known him for dad jokes and stuff like that, but he, he was so funny. He was basically saying, you know, how Herschel Walker was a great football player and he doesn't take that from him. And he, he, you know, he was good at what he did. Basically he was, when he was in his lane, he was really good at it, but that's like having him show up to do surgery on somebody and y'all not ask if they've ever done this or ask if he's ever done it before. It was, I mean, it was so funny. If y'all haven't seen the video that was circulating, um, I saw it on CNN's website. Y'all check it out. He was, he was so funny to see him just be, I'm not going to say regular, like hints of his humanity come out instead of seeing him as this like political figure. I saw him being like Uncle Barack because he's not old enough to be granddaddy for me because we're not that far off in age, but he is old enough to be Unc. <laughs> and it was good to see Unc up there on the stage. I love it when I see him and, and Michelle, that's auntie. I love to see them being personable and just showing up and doing important work. Anyway. I really wanted to make this episode lighthearted because I mean, I'm, I got stuff to do. <laughs> I have things to do. So I really wanted to come on here because I want to talk about the TV that I watched this week and it wasn't much, but I'm going to always make time for married at first sight. And now I have this new show that I absolutely like, um, reasonable doubt. I also have been tuning into the rookie feds the feds edition and i'm gonna talk about that well, actually i'll start there i guess i i overanalyze the show you know i i love niecy nash and i watch it solely to support her shout out to niecy nash she's never gonna hear this podcast <laughs> i'm okay with that i see she got bay on a few episodes shout out to her wife jessica who will never listen to this podcast either. But if you ever do listen, I fully support y'all. Now, with that being said, 
I absolutely can't stand this show. And I can't stand the show because it's, I think that it's not written very well. And by no means am I a critic, right? I, I'm just a person who watches it. And I'm just, I have a lot of things in question when I watch it. And sometimes I think the acting is poor, not on Nisi's behalf, but maybe some of the other um, actors on the show. I don't, I don't like the show, but I keep watching it to give it my viewership because I don't want it to get canceled because I really like Nisi and Jessica um, and they're my friends in my head. All right, I'm finished with that one. I'm going to move on to Reasonable Doubt. Reasonable Doubt. I don't know if you've seen it. It's like this black attorney. She's like a criminal defense attorney. And she is like a complete baddie, I guess. And she's like excellent at what she does um, in her line of work. But, and that, that show... I'm really sucked into, I like how it's written. I like the acting. Um, Michael Ely is on there and I don't really do light-skinned men (laughs) with pretty eyes because uh, bias, you know what I'm saying? But he fine, you feel me? Anyway, but he's on there acting his behind off and I'm really enjoying the plot. I'm not necessarily enjoying the fashions. I think they're trying to make it like, what was this show with um, Carrie Washington? Oh, my mind went blank. Y'all, what was that show called? (laughs) Hold on. (laughs) I think they're trying to like, make this like a more modern version of the series Scandal. It's not quite giving Scandal, but it's along those lines. So if you liked Scandal, then you may like Reasonable Doubt because the writing is really good. Um, It's turning out to be one of my favorites. I I don't, I don't, I'm not familiar with the, um, lead actress. Let me see what her name is. It's really something that I'm certain I'm about to mess it up, but charge it to my head and not my heart. I'm doing a lot of Googling right now. Hold on. Emma, Emma, Emma Yahtzee, (laughs) Coronialdi. Y'all, I just, I just really, really blew that. Emma Yahtzee or Emma Yahtzee, Corey, the Aldi. <laughs> just, y'all, I have no idea how to pronounce that. I'm going to call her by her TV name on the show. Her name is Jax on the show. And Jax, I haven't really decided if I'm a fan of Jax. Like, I want the Black woman to be working, right? I want her to be gainfully employed. However, I haven't decided if I am a fan of her in this role. I mean, and nobody really cares about my opinion, whatever. But um, 
she's getting it in a lot. She's having a lot of sex. Um, she's killing it in her career. Um, she's struggling in um, her relationship with her teenage son. I, I mean, I feel like all these things are relatable. I'm enjoying the show. Her actual, she's married on the show. So all the sex is not necessarily with her actual husband because they're separated. But her husband is a handsome man too. I don't know. Get it how you live, girl. What else? I watched, oh, y'all, I told you guys in an episode a while ago that I really enjoy Married at First Sight. There is not one season, I don't think, that I have missed. I really get sucked in, right? I get sucked in. And initially, I say, I I don't like this cast. I don't like this season. I'm not going to watch it. But then somehow, and I might skip out after the first first um, episode of whatever the new season is, if I feel like I don't like the cast, right? But somehow I always end up going back, catching up, and watching it till the end of the season. And I did just that because I told myself I wasn't going to like the San Diego cast. I, I'll reserve my opinion on um, whether or not I think that all of them are just beautiful people because I might not be cute to a lot of people. And that's okay too. We all have our opinions, but I was like, no, I don't, I don't like this cast. But y'all, I got sucked in. The finale came on this past week and it didn't turn out anything like I thought it would. Like, okay, so there was um, Alexis and Justin. They were a black couple. There was Stasha and Nate and they were a racially ambiguous black couple. Um, there was Lindy and Miguel, which Lindy is a young Karen. If you ask me, I I'm talking about Karen from our modern day culture, Karens that be crying white tears go with me. So there's Lindy who came from a super religious background. And then she had Miguel who didn't subscribe to organized religion in that way. And then there was Kristen and Mitch and Mitch, he's an environmental Stan, you know what I'm saying? And then you had Kristen, his wife, who uh, was just going with it because I, she had had an experience in her previous relationship she was engaged to be married and right before the marriage or the wedding um she had to call it off because i think she had found out her in her fiance was involved in you know with an with another person anyway and then there was morgan and ben and morgan and ben they decided to divorce a few weeks before um decision day they just couldn't pull it together and let me tell you why they couldn't pull it together because ben who was participating in this experience um with with good intent and just ben was just a nice guy right and so he gets morgan who to me she was a little a little uptight in the whole experience right so they fell apart. 
because Ben would go talk to Justin and he would vent. And because he believed that Justin was a safe space because they were going through the same, you know, social experiment, right? But Justin would pillow talk about it with his wife, Alexis, and Alexis would be messy and run the information that she got from her husband, Justin. Alexis would take it back to Morgan, who was Ben's wife, and tell Morgan. And so Morgan would become upset and be irrational and just she wasn't an understanding individual. And so... Um, It happened on a couple different occasions and Morgan just couldn't find it in herself to understand why Ben would need to vent frustrations out um, with someone else who he thought would be understanding because they're going through the same process. Right. And so because Morgan wasn't forgiving Um, and she just didn't give him grace. It's like from the beginning, it felt like she just didn't, he didn't meet her expectations. He was just a nice guy. And maybe she didn't like that type of personality. So she just never really gave him a chance from like the onset of their relationship. So, um, all right. So they called it quits before decision day even came. So we get to decision day this week. And uh, if you're listening to me on Saturday, October 29th, this came on on Wednesday. And if you haven't seen it, uh, spoiler alert, (laughs) spoiler alert. If you don't want to know, I would probably suggest skipping this part. (laughs) Okay. Stasha and Nate decided to stay together. Lindy and Miguel decided to stay together. Alexis and Justin initially decided to stay together. Um, Mitch and Kristen decided to divorce. And then I already said Ben and Morgan decided to divorce a long time ago. Okay. So I think that Stasha and Nate got it right. I think that their chemistry was undeniable from the beginning of the season. They had sexual chemistry They had um, things in common, and I think that they were attracted to each other. So those things from the um, beginning were were on point. I think that they will make it. I think they will make it if Stasha stops putting the pressure um, on Nate to rush what will happen organically in the relationship. Stasha is just, she's 37 or she was 37 on the show. So she's moving at the pace of her biological clock because she doesn't have any kids and she wants to have kids. And side note, I really hate that the medical community, that science is like putting that kind of angst on women um, because of our genetic makeups. Like, I hate that we have to feel like, okay, by 35, um, we have to decide what we're going to do. We're either going to start, we're going to have kids, um, or we're going to have to save our eggs because we're we're downhill from there. I really, really hate that. I, I mean, maybe that's another conversation for another episode, but I hate that. But that's what Stasha is moving in. She's moving in anxiety 
of the future, right? Worried about whether or not she's going to be able to start a family, have babies and stuff like that. And so she's allowed that kind of pressure to build up in their relationship. And I hate that because Nate, who was 34, like he doesn't feel that way. He's trying to build like this sustainable life um, to be able to provide for his family and provide experiences. And, you know, Stasha seems to like some sort of luxurious life. And so Nate wants to make sure that he can provide that so he doesn't disappoint her. But Stasha's also pointed out that Nate has mommy issues because his mom left his dad and left him with his dad when he was really young. And so if they could work through those things and be patient with each other, I think that this is a really great match that Dr. Pepper and Pastor Cal um, put together on paper. Now, I don't think any of the other couples have any business staying together at all. I think Lindy and Miguel should have called it quits. We'll see if they're still together um, by the reunion episode <laughs> that's coming up next week. Lindy just, ah, she is just a full of entitlement. I, I think back to an episode where she was really upset with him because Miguel would not add her to his medical coverage. She's, she's like, you won't, you won't make sure that I'm taking care of and that I have health coverage. Like what? I don't even know if we're going to make it past eight weeks and you're crying real tears about whether or not I will add you to my medical coverage. Like that's, that's real. Okay. But yeah. So Lynn, Lindy is like, you know, how Karen is like <laughs> my mom's generation of, um, dangerous white women. I feel like Lindy is like a Katie. She's like a Katie, which is a younger version of a Karen and that she's really demonstrated that. And I feel like she's less um, mature than Miguel. And I don't know if that's going to work. There is an age gap there. I'm not quite sure. I think Lindy is like 29 and Miguel is like 34 or something like that. Don't, don't quote me on this. I'm not even going to look it up. Um, and so there is, there's, um, big difference there in their maturity levels. And so Miguel has these expectations of her that I don't think that she always meets. And so it's super frustrating for him. And I understand, but I definitely don't think that they should have said yes, but we'll see if they continue. I could be completely wrong. They It's just eight weeks. So they may be able to work through it. If he is more patient with her, Alexis and Justin, they didn't have any business saying yes. They initially said yes, but Alexis did it with some reservations because I think that she still thought that there was something there to explore about the relationship with Justin because she just didn't always just dislike him. There were ways about him, like traits about him that she wanted to further explore. And um, let's not even bring up the fact that the sex wasn't good for her. The sex wasn't good for her and she was highly disappointed when they finally did consummate the marriage. And he he's a he's an emotional guy and I, I don't mind an emotional man. Right. Um, but I think that. Um, she is a very. She's always in her head. 
right? So she's a rational, logical human being. And that's what's important to her. And I kind of, that resonates with me because I'm very similar to that. But Justin is a person who moves through, moves by emotion. And that could be dangerous sometimes. And so um, it would reflect in some of the things that he would say and some of his behavior. And so I think that it really, Alexis found herself like trying to really work through some of the issues from a logical perspective. And Justin would work through it through a, from a, an emotional perspective. And it was just like a mismatch, if you ask me. But both of them were willing to make efforts to stay together. And Justin even gave away his dog. And so he thought that when he gave his dog away, that that was just a like a sure thing for their relationship. Like she's got to say, yes, I gave away my dog, you know, and Alexis didn't see it that way. And he really shouldn't have made that assumption because he gave the dog away. They said yes at the, the during the moment of decision, but the next day um, they made the decision to divorce and, and he was really broken up about it. But I, I, I think it's for the best for them. Mitch and Kristen, they said no. Really, Mitch said no. And Kristen just fell in line. I don't think that Mitch ever liked Kristen. He never liked Kristen. In fact, if you watch the season, he told her he wasn't attracted to her. But somehow she still was able to move through that. I would have asked for a, a divorce like that day. But she kept trying to go along with the process. Um... And they've learned how to just get along just because I think Kristen didn't want to fail at this marriage like her previous relationship had failed. Um, and I don't think that she wanted to be disappointed. She didn't want disappointment to be the outcome. So she just kept accepting anything. I think that she was losing herself in the relationship um, with Mitch because, you know, he was such an environmentalist that he would be very condemning or judgmental of some of the things that some of her aspirations, like she wants to flip houses and make money. And Mitch just was like <laughs> anti that because capitalism and whatever else, but, and um, not using sustainable products and whatever else. And so I think that Kristen would just go along to get along. Um, but at, on decision day, Mitch, you know, Mitch was like, I, I like you. I would stay, want to stay in the marriage, but I don't think that I can give you, or I'm not in a space to give you what you were actually looking for. And so basically he didn't want to waste her time. And so she thanked him and it went, it went all right, I guess. So she, you know, kind of agreed to the things that he was saying. And so they decided to divorce and they, they walked away holding hands and hugging and things like that. Pastor Cal was like, I really don't understand them. None of us did. Well, that's not true. That's not true. I just think Kristen didn't want to fail at another relationship. I get it, girl. Moving right along. Oh my gosh this season. They've got a new season. I mean, they don't waste any time. Executives, the producers, they don't waste any time. They've got a new season coming on in January and I can't wait. We'll talk about. So I have some help for this week's rant. 
Hi. Hi. Tell them who you are for those that don't know you. I am Kaden. That's my baby, y'all. That's Kaden. This is my 12-year-old young man that I am really struggling with releasing from my stronghold as a mom. But you're growing up, huh? Yes. That's a part of my rant. Because although Kaden is an amazing young man, you know, he's super mature for his age, um, which I don't know. You tell me, could it be frustrating that you, you're you among these young mortals who are experiencing puberty and all engulfed in conversations and um, interests that you don't relate to? Yes. So they're uh, at school participating in relationships at y'all relationships in the seventh and the eighth grade. They got girlfriends. They have exes. Like I'm, I'm struggling with this. <laughs> Listen, as we talk about this, you see the boobs. Do that's your shirt. You're a part of the culture. No, mommy, I'm laughing because it's like, why in the world would you wear that? <laughs> They are literally, they literally were just joking. Y'all, while Caden and I are sitting here recording about his, you know, puberty and these kids being interested in all the things sexual right now, something pops up on the screen about an inappropriate dress on the VMA red carpet. I don't know who this woman is. I'm not even going to click on it, but she's got this sheer dress on with these big white boobs exposed okay and Kaden is here laughing and so this kind of defeats where I was going with the conversation but why did you laugh because it is so stupid why in the world would you do that y'all I don't know who this lady is let me click it no no it's paid content I think okay well I won't click it but y'all so I was I was initially inviting Kaden on the segment here so we can talk about how far removed he is from this culture of these kids engaging in really in things that oh mommy they're I'm, not ready for mommy I'm not interested in that it's just hilarious to me oh okay yes you I hear you laughing you're like it's really stupid that she's got these boobs exposed huh mm-hmm yeah, so Kaden's got some friends um, who are engaging in inappropriate material on their phone at lunch. And how does that make you feel? Um, disgusted, to say the least. Disgusted. Yeah. Disgusted. Why? Um, because it's like, why are you watching that at the age of 12 or 13? Kaden is somebody's pop pop. So listen, his his little friend was looking at something on his phone, and Kaden, being the old man that he is, is gonna try to discourage the young friend from watching this inappropriate material. What did you say to that boy? I said, Why are you watching that? Why are you interested in that at this age? <laughs> Kaden is 42 years old. Asking the young man why he is watching inappropriate material, right? Mm-hmm. I just thought it was so funny um, because 
um, I am very open and honest with you about puberty and about sex. And I give it to you. Raw. I was going to say, I give it to him raw. Y'all, no pun intended. Yeah. I, I openly talk to him because I'd rather him get it from me than from his peers who obviously are learning from the YouTube streets. Mm-hmm. So what do you think about mommy um, being open with you? on these sexual topics. Do you feel like it's putting you in a position to where you can't relate to your friends at this point because you you have an accurate depiction of you know sex and puberty and what it entails? Mainly because they're they're learning it street smart mm-hmm. to say the least. Yeah, they're learning it from outside sources. Yes, mm-hmm. so they're still getting interested in that type of stuff, and I'm just playing not because I feel like you've given it to man the sort of briefcase manner presentation. <clears throat> what is briefcase manner? Like you're going to a business meeting manner. Open up the thing. <laughs> <laughs> what? And it kind of does, but I kind I I like it because I know that. I can help them, but they'll never take my help. Yeah, no, they won't. <laughs> they won't. And it's hilarious to me. Mm. Yeah, so that's my rant. Like, kids are overexposed to things they don't have any business being exposed to. And though we can't be with our kids at all times, monitoring the things that they do, I feel like if we, if we are open and have dialogue and and welcome their questions and things like that um about their curiosity pertaining to puberty and sex and whatever else i feel like they won't they wouldn't turn to necessarily they wouldn't turn to youtube and be in you know watching things that they don't have any business watching and stuff like that so i guess i said all that to say my rant has to do with <sighs> how I'm parenting my kid and my, you know, engaging with him and being very close to the things that he's taking in. And the fact that he's aligned with kids at school whose parents obviously are not. (laughs) So I, I can't win for losing. Like I'm trying to do all the right things, but yet he's around kids that whose parents don't care, obviously, as much as I care, or else they wouldn't be there watching boobs and booty at the lunch table. I digress. Do you have anything else you want to say before you go on ahead and get out of here? No. Thank you for joining me. You're welcome. I love you. I love you too. (laughs) Well, y'all know I can't give you a rant without giving you something that I'm grateful for. So what I'm grateful for this week is resilience. I think I read something on social media. I have not been getting on social media in the ways that I used to. And maybe that's a good thing that they disabled my account. But um, I read something that says they don't want to be considered resilient in this season. But um, because that meant that there had to be circumstances that required you to be resilient. And that is the case for my life. But I'm grateful that I've been able to be resilient and um, connected to a community of people who 
also have been through things and they are resilient as well um, because we make each other better. So I'm, I'm grateful that we are a group of people who have endured hardship and that we have gained wisdom and learned from those hard lessons and that um, we're able to use those things in community with one another um, to help us thrive and live our best lives being present for one another and showing up for another one another and holding space for each other. So I'm really grateful for that. So I might not be in the season of life where I'm living a life of ease and there may be some discomfort, but I'm going to always, always, always rise to the occasion. And I'm grateful that God put that in me. Um, anyway, that's it. That's the episode. I, this coming week, I've got a paper due and I am behind. I will say this, this, <laughs> this, this term has really been eye opening for me and my time management. It is trash. So keep me lifted y'all. You know, if you know what that means, keep me lifted, keep me in prayer so I don't drown. I'm not trying to fumble this bag. I'll see you guys next week. Enjoy your weekend and enjoy next week. And I'll talk to y'all next Saturday. Bye. Bye.